This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. You join me still from Bristol. I'm away this uh, end of week slash weekend for a wedding, not my own. You'll be glad to know, not yet, years time. It will come around um, and there will be absolutely no tactical breakdown of the events of the wedding despite how many people are asking for that. Um, but so you do have to deal with these uh, very classic British service station um traveling kind of surroundings of which the hairdryer is one of the worst things I've, I've ever seen i can actually show it to you um i know this is awful this is what this is what i'm dealing with what is this <laughs> this is dreadful so uh yes that's gonna be fun when i have to try and get ready for a wedding that's gonna be great so i can stop looking like a hedgehog like i currently do um anyway uh we are obviously here to talk about plenty of arsenal news and transfers and i hope you're doing good and well this morning and i hope you're enjoying uh your week your friday has of course arrived and um we've got some interesting news nothing really happened in the world of football yesterday i don't think it was pretty boring obviously i am joking there is a lot we're going to discuss and yes we are going to touch upon that big news as well but the first things first please make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so i never miss you missing a show i meant to say the other thing but the other thing came out you know what i mean don't miss a show just subscribe but uh, of course you can vote for us in the football content awards you just need to tweet i am voting for at laguna talk tv in at the fcas for hashtag best club to create it you've got two more days to vote so do not wait if you don't have twitter there is more information in the description so let's crack on with the first story of the day and uh, <laughs> uh, Lionel Messi is uh, not joining Arsenal, is is the news um, that I can give you. Uh, if anyone was ever hoping, you may see this image in reality. I'm sorry. It's just not a realistic thing. Um, and no matter how many photoshops we can amazingly create, it's just not going to happen, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I know that you would have loved to have seen Lionel Messi at the club. But don't worry. I have good news. We already have our own because we don't have Lionel Messi, but we do have. 
Leo Messo, who is arguably going to be a much, much better player in the future. So make sure you keep an eye on him as he develops. He's only 10, 11 years of age. Um, so you've got quite a while until he develops into uh, an under-23s player and then getting into the league. But make sure you keep an eye because he is very highly rated as his namesake or near his namesake has also been at a similar age. Let's go on to kind of the main news then. And we start off with Lucas Torreira, who Arsenal are seemingly very much struggling to sell this summer. There were links to Fiorentina. There were links uh, also to other parts of Italy as well. And of course, we know his obvious choice of Boca Juniors, which is not going to happen. There were links to other clubs in, in Brazil too, but it's gone very quiet and it doesn't appear immediately anyway, that a deal is going to be done for Lucas Torreira right now. That doesn't mean that one may not happen towards the end of the window. I know a lot of you are thinking things are moving pretty slowly right now, but things do tend to pick up towards the end of the window because teams start to panic. Teams start to worry about certain players getting injured in the opening weeks of the season. And so things will happen. I would be shocked if Lucas Torreira is still an Arsenal player at the end of the window. But as of right now, Arsenal are having a little bit of a tough time trying to move him on. Which is surprising considering how good he was before. So Kalasinac, though, is certainly someone that maybe Arsenal are going to have more luck in moving on. And Fenerbahce are the team in Turkey that are pushing hard for a deal. The difference with this situation is that they would want Arsenal to terminate Kalasinac's contract. He, of course, has a very big contract right now of around £100,000 per week, which means if Arsenal was to pay it off, it would cost them upwards of £5 million to do so. Arsenal and Kalasinac, and rather from Arsenal's perspective anyway, would want to try as much as they can to cancel this deal without having to pay it off. And so Kalasinac could just sign for Fenerbahce with a signing-on fee and a new wage in which he could just you know, continue his career. But Arsenal ideally would be looking to just terminate this without having to pay anything in regards to that. And they'd probably forego any kind of compensation fee from Fenerbahce were they to sign him after the termination. But that's what Fenerbahce want. They don't want to sign him for a transfer fee. They know Arsenal's situation, as does everyone, and they will want us to terminate that deal so they can sign him on a free transfer we then move on to some interesting words from a player that is still ours, still very much ours for the long term, it seems, um, but isn't our player for the club this season because he has for a third time left on loan. And that is William Saliba. And he conducted his first kind of big main interview in a press conference. So not really a one on one interview, but he was in a press conference. Uh, with the Marseille president Longoria and um, he spoke better. It's improvement. It's improvement on the Nice interviews, let's say. And he was asked upon kind of his, his departure from uh, Arsenal and whether he kind of joined England too soon. And he says, I don't think I left for England too early. I don't care about all that. I chose Marseille because it is the right choice. We pushed to come here and we will see what will happen next season. Not any commitment to Arsenal. Uh, it does also confirm that he was indeed kind of the main guy behind um, the, him moving to Marseille. Arsenal, as we know from reports that emerged during the time, wanted him to move to an English-based club. He pushed to move to Marseille over those English clubs. That's all on him. Um, the club can't force him to go somewhere he doesn't want to. Uh, and whilst I would have definitely preferred to see him go to an English club, um, He's in France and we'll see how he gets on. It was his decision, his choice, and that's a shame because I really would have liked to have seen him move off to an English club. But And that is a little bit concerning from his perspective and his point of view that he wouldn't try and challenge himself in England with the future of playing for Arsenal. I know the obvious response to that is, why would he want to play for Arsenal with the way things have gone down and you can't really blame him? But we'll see with two years left on his deal when he returns. 
what happens, but he's not being very committal right now about this, as you probably would expect from Saliba. So let's move on to the final and main story of possible outs. And 90 Min reported yesterday uh, as a apparent exclusive that Joe Willock has agreed a £25 million deal, including add-ons, to sign for Newcastle. Now, in the wake of that report, nothing has come out from what I would describe as kind of our mainstream sources of Wheatley, Watts, Hornstein, Benj. I wouldn't, uh, nothing's come out from, from them um, as to whether this is true or not. I have my reservations. I did text uh, Harry Simeon, who, of course, has associations with 90 Min. Uh, he believes that the guy that reported the story has, has reported some some good exclusives this summer. So, you know, it's, it's all the uh, possibility that it could be true. Um, we'll have to wait and see on this one. Uh, I am sceptical, but uh, £25 million is a lot of money for a player that's, you know, um, really not in... The, the kind of first team plans. I know that a lot of people would all like to, to see him kept. If this deal means that we're able to now go and get a James Madison for the amount of money that Leicester want, great. That's a really good deal for Arsenal to get that done. But if we sell Joe Willock and don't do anything good with the money that we make from it, it would, to me anyway, seem a little bit a little bit like a waste and, and maybe a missed opportunity to try and see what could have happened anyway with Joe Willock. And that that would be a shame, especially if he goes off to Newcastle and absolutely smashes it, which, you know, as we know of Emmy Martinez, can very much happen. But we'll have to wait and see. £25 million, including factors, uh, including uh, add-ons, sorry, is, is certainly, uh, I think anyway, probably the maximum that you'd extract from Willock during this part of the window anyway. And you're never going to get anything more than that in this current window for a player that's played six months of good football. And prior to that, was probably worth around... 10 million quid um, prior to that. So, yeah, hopefully if there is any deal done, there's a sell-on clause or a buyback clause, but sell-ons were more likely buybacks. You wouldn't see a £25 million deal done with a buyback clause inserted. That That is 100% for sure. Let's go and have a look at the possible ins then. And we do start with Martin Erdegar, who has now been confirmed by Real Madrid sources to be remaining and a very important part anyway of Carlo Ancelotti's plans. Tony Cruz has suffered an injury and that may have had an effect on whether or not Erdogan would indeed be part of those plans this season, but it doesn't matter. He is part of those plans. He will not, uh, it seems, be signing for Arsenal, whether or not we get James Madison or not, but it certainly would put the Madison situation much more into the focus and into the limelight. And Erdogan is a player that we know that Mikel Arteta liked a lot, but he won't be it seems, at Arsenal next year. And if you want to watch him, you'll have to watch him play in the white of Los Blancos. So uh, I look forward to watching him because I like Odegaard a lot and I appreciate what he did in the six months that he was here. But if we can get a James Madison, then fantastic stuff. I will not lose any sleep over not getting Artin Odegaard if we was to go and get a James Madison. Now, Hussem Awar, <laughs> the man whose name comes up in Arsenal feeds continuously and uh, without end. Uh, according to Leon coach Peter Bosch, who joined them from Bayer Leverkusen after losing his job in Germany, says uh, Awa, he can leave. This is modern football. Up until the last moment, he can leave. Um, <laughs> it's very interesting, isn't it, how open they are? It's not like you'll read a comment in a second we've got from Brendan Rodgers about James Madison. But Peter Bosch is very, very open to the idea of Awa leaving. Leon are in a very difficult situation financially. Their debts are ridiculous in comparison to kind of their Liga rivals who are also in a very tricky financial situation. Um, but our 
available for that amount of money. I know a lot of people would take him, but no one's really in for him. Spurs were linked. Juventus were linked. Last summer, Real Madrid were linked. And no one's no one's moving for him. Um, don't know what that means or says. I don't think I read into that kind of thing more than others. It's a very difficult window. But a player of his supposed quality to not see anyone really pushing for this deal right now is is interesting. I thought there would have been a lot more interest than there there currently is. Um, but it's one that we will watch uh, in earnest and maybe something will happen towards the end of the window. You never know. You may see some really weird deal like when Nabil Fekir, of course, left Leon Varel Betis. Maybe we'll see something similar and interesting in this window. But speaking of specific quotes, Brendan Rodgers has, of course, now finally responded to direct questions regarding James Madison's future. And after a friendly the other day, he said, uh, there is gossip and speculation that goes around, especially at this time of year. James is a very important member of our squad and a very talented player. His season was disrupted last year with injury, so hopefully this year he can show the real top player he is. So it's a it's a non-committal kind of open statement. It's not James won't be sold. It's not we've received like he did say that they've received kind of nothing. And um, Rob Tanner of the Athletic also said that. They've, they've confirmed that no official bid has, has come in from Arsenal. There may have been discussions, but there's nothing official that's been made so far. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one because of how kind of broad and vague Brendan Rodgers has been about Madison. And it certainly, for me anyway, does open the door. And it's, it's not a closed door from him. If it was a closed door, he would have said, he's not for sale, he's not leaving, and he will play for Leicester next season. He didn't say that. It's all hopefullys. It's all, you know, there's gossip and speculation. Um, it's He's an important member of the team. Like the classic kind of lines from a manager that isn't 100% sure about their player's future. That's that's the situation with James Madison. And that is the last news story of the day. Um, so if you do indeed have any questions, we will try and go through as many of those as feasibly possible in the next 15 minutes or so. Um, so anything on Madison, anything on Awa, anything on Willock and Saliba and anything else. Martinez, of course, we've not got any, any updates whatsoever on Martinez. Nothing is coming through on Bruno Guimaraes. That's gone very quiet as well. But any questions you've got about specific parts of the transfer window, I'll do my best to give you an answer to your questions. Uh, Chris says, Tom, uh, would you like a Madison uh, in a 10 or an 8 role? It completely depends, Chris, on the formation that we play. If we're going to play a 4-2-3-1, I would play him in the number 10 role. If we're going to play a 4-3-3, I would play him in the number 8 role. So it is very much dependent upon the formation that we want to play. He does tend to say that he prefers the number 8 role, so maybe a 4-3-3 would suit him better. Uh, Social says, where do I think Messi will end up? There's still part of me that still thinks he's going to stay. Um, I feel like this is a bit of a, a political ploy by Barcelona to try and, you know, threaten La Liga and be like, look, if you don't loosen these restrictions and allow us to sign Messi, you as a league is going to lose your most marketable figure. Uh, and it's a very powerful bargaining chip, effectively. But there are reports that PSG are still very much interested uh, Messi and, and Neymar reunited once again. I still would not be surprised to see him stay at Barca for things to change and to turn around. But it would be a big, big statement if La Liga did indeed kind of bend to the well of one of their clubs in order to keep one of the most marketable assets in the league. But we'll wait and see. 
uh, as to how that one turns out. Uh, Kina says, why aren't we going for Awar? Honestly, it's cheap, he's quality, and uh, I would say that the reason why we're not going for him is because Look, I've spoken about Awar a lot, and I know there's a few people who have left comments saying that, Tom, why do you always repeat what you said about Awar? Because different people tune in and different people who are new to the channel don't necessarily know my thoughts. I don't think Awar's the right player. I don't think it's worth us taking a risk, no matter, even if his price is cheap. He's not a player that's going to drag you to wins. He's got he's got an attitude or a lack of an attitude, kind of. I wouldn't say he's got an attitude problem. It's a lack of an attitude, as Jeremy Smith describes it as, a French football expert that's watched him a hell of a lot. Um, and I just think there's better options, even for similar products. Like Bruno Gimaraes, for instance, is a better number eight to, for Arsenal to sign who can play also as a number six. And I'd rather assign a Bruno Gimaraes for a 30 million euros than, or a 35 million euros compared to an hour for 30 million euros. So I think there are better players than, than hour for similar prices that are described as, as cheap. So there you go. Uh, GGTV for you says, uh, good morning, Tom. I think Brendan Rogers is putting a brave face on things. What are your thoughts? I, I think he's left things very open, GG. I really do. I think he's left the situation very much open to interpretation. And I think that if Arsenal was to go in with the, the amount of money that Leicester want for him, they would sell, as they tend to do. They wanted 80 million for Maguire. They got it. They sold. They wanted 50 to 60 million for Ben Chilwell. They got it. They sold it because they know they can replace these players. These players are not irreplaceable, as Leicester have shown time and time again. You sell Maguire, you bring in Fofana. You sell Chilwell, you bring in Castagna. You sell Mares, and you bring in, well, Iose Perez. It's not really worked out too well for that one. But you know what I mean. And, and now they've got in Patson Dacker as well, who's obviously a really good player. But they do tend to replace quite well, and it's, it's usually hits rather than misses in regards to these kinds of areas. So... I'm not concerned. Um, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue if we do stump up the money. I think they will sell. It looks like Yuri Tielemans is definitely going to sell. Uh, sorry, is, is going to is going to stay uh, from the looks of things anyway. So um, I don't think that that's that's going to do it. Rob Tanner told us that the Leicester ten just kind of just sell one player from their team, one big player, and they have done every single year since they won the title in 2016. Mares and Kante and Chilwell and, and Maguire. I mean, they, they bought them for, what, 25? Mares as well, like 25 million. They sold them for 250 million. So they, they like making profit and they do make profit. So we'll see what happens uh, as, as this goes by. Uh, Joab uh, says, uh, where, uh, as I do think Chambers can do a job at right back, but do you not see him massively struggling if he comes up against, say, a Sterling or a Mane? Arsenal players will only end up getting Arsenal fans, sorry, will only end up getting on his back. Um, yeah, I've, I mean, do you remember one of the earliest memories I have of Callum Chambers at Arsenal was the uh, the Jefferson Montero against Swansea? Um, is he Ecuadorian or I think he might be Ecuadorian Montero? Um, absolutely ripped him to shreds uh, on that side, and and yeah, he does lack in kind of that, you know, the the he hasn't he's not a very agile player. And whilst he's, he's good defensively, I think he would get outfought and outmatched in a very technical battle on that side. So, yeah, there is always the, the capacity, and that's probably why we should look to sign a right-back. However, if you told me that we're not signing a right-back, but we are going to improve the midfield, we are going to sign an attacking midfielder, and we are going to get a backup keeper, but we're going to hold fire on a right-back because we've got Chambers and Cedric, I, I'd be okay with it for now. And maybe you could play Cedric against kind of some more of those more technical players because of his lower centre of gravity, uh, and maybe you'd be more suited to playing against those guys. So, or you switch to a back three and you put Chambers kind of uh, as a right centre back and you put someone ahead of him. You know, maybe you put a Cedric ahead of him or you put a Pepe there 
in a right wing back role, you put a Saka there. Like you, you can do certain things to try and tactically outwit that that system. But it's a good point and certainly worth uh, worth doing. Uh, Vignesh says, uh, "What the hell happened to Locatelli? He didn't want to move. <laughs> he didn't want to move to Arsenal. It's about as simple as that, Vignesh. I'm afraid. I'm sorry. It's a really boring answer." But that's uh, that, that's it. That is what it is. Uh, Peter says, Tom, which is the better long-term option in your opinion, Madison or Martinez? Well, they're only a year apart in age. Madison is, of course, twenty-four. Martinez is twenty-three. I would say probably the better long-term option is Martinez because our striking situation is such that we've got two thirty-plus strikers in Lacazette and, and Aubameyang. And at the number 10 position, we've got Smith-Rowe right now, who is still very young, and we've got a long-term cover in that role. So I would argue that probably the better long-term is in the striking department. However, if you ask me which one I would want to sign more, I'd want to sign Madison more than Martinez. So it's it's an interesting question, um, but I hope that's a good answer. Mohit says, Tom, do you think we have to overpay now for Madison since we paid £50 million for Ben White? We should have bought Madison before White, as I think no one was interested in White apart from us. Not true. Uh, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea and Manchester City all were interested in Ben White. They never made a formal bid or approach for the player, although we were led to believe that maybe Chelsea had entered the race at one stage. But as far as we were aware, that didn't happen. But he was interesting a lot of teams, but there was no approaches made by those teams, mainly because I think they saw how aggressively Arsenal were pushing Brighton for this deal. Bright, we didn't overpay for White in regards to his actual value. Brighton said, if you want him, he's £50 million. If you don't pay the £50 million, you don't get him. And so we had to pay the £50 million. And a young English centre-back in the Premier League going rate is about that. I mean, do you remember the back in the day where Leicester bid £40 million for Lewis Dunk from Brighton and he got rejected? That That's kind of the level that we're talking here. You, you have to pay that amount of money to get these young English centre-backs of a certain level into your teams. Do I think it's right that we went for him first over Madison? I'm surprised that we went for a centre-back as early on in the window as we did for the amount of money that we did. Sure. But now I reflect upon it, I think it's a really good thing that we did that. And I also think that going for James Madison later in the window isn't necessarily a bad thing as long as we get him. If we don't get him, then it's certainly going to look a little bit silly on Arsenal's part, that's for sure. SJ says, Tom, do you think Madison is overrated? No. I, I think he's a very, very good player. Um, I don't know why we would call him overrated. I don't know what about his game or what's lacking in his game that we would describe as overrated. He's, he's created, I think, what is it, the second most chances of any player in the Premier League since he since he arrived? I can't remember who the first one is. Um, but, yeah, I think he's something like second to someone mad. De Bruyne, maybe. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I, I wouldn't call him overrated whatsoever. He's a massively, he's a brilliant chance creator, and that's what we need. So, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wes says, Tom, where do you think we would finish if we miraculously signed Messi? Seventh? Maybe we'd get off a place. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a position that we... It sounds really funny and silly to say that. But genuinely, I think Arsenal would do better and it would improve more if we signed a centre-mid, a backup keeper, an attacking midfielder over Messi. Like, I think we would do better to do that. It just makes more sense than signing Messi. So it's just it's just about context at the end of the day. And that is that is it. <laughs> that's what it costs. Samuel says, question Tom, uh, would you say that Arsenal's last 10 years will be bettered by the next 10? If you never won another trophy in the next 10 years, would you still talk about Arsenal every day? Absolutely, Sam. I'm an Arsenal fan and I love Arsenal to my core. And if we, won an, if we didn't win a, have a trophy for 20 years, I'd still be sitting here, still be doing a show, still be doing my job, talking about Arsenal 
every single day uh, because I love them. I love the Arsenal no matter how much they hurt me. <laughs> it is my obsession. And so, yeah, absolutely. We'd be talking about Arsenal if we didn't win a trophy for however long because they're my team. But in regards to whether I think the next 10 years will be better than the last 10, I mean, the last 10 is what? Four FA Cups. Um Will we win more than four FA Cups in the in the next 10 years? And how many of those years are in the Champions League? Five? Five, I think. So we got knocked out by Atletico Madrid in our first Europa season. We got knocked out by Olympiacos. No, we got knocked out by Chelsea in the next one. We got knocked out by Olympiacos in the next one. And we got knocked out by Villarreal. So that's four. So six years in the Champions League, four years in the Europa League. And then we've spent this season out of we're going to spend this season out of the Europa League in the first one. Oh, it's tough. I, I really would say that getting into the Champions League is the next kind of five year target like that. And I, some people will say that sounds crazy. But when you consider that there's Chelsea, United, City, Liverpool, Spurs, Leicester, and then you've got teams like Aston Villa and Everton that are improving all the time and trying to fight for that place in the team. I just don't think top four is ever going to be an expectation of Arsenal unless we desperately spend so much more and spend it really, really well. That that They're the caveats to this. So my argument, my, my prediction would probably be no. I don't think the next 10 years will be better than six years in the Champions League, four FA Cups. I don't, I, and a European final. I don't think, I don't think that's going to be better than the next 10 years. No, it would be my honest answer to that, which is a real sad um, state of affairs. It's just right now, based upon what we've seen, I don't think so. Um, I really don't think it will be. Um, Manuel, Manu, thank you for joining us again. It's been a little bit of a while, Manu. Glad to have you back in the chat. It says, does the Marseille move not concern you? Why can't the club convince or not force him to go to a Premier League team? Why does the player not want to prove himself in the Premier League? Concerns for me. Look, um, you can't force a player to go somewhere that they don't want to go. The Saliba situation is already fragile as it is. To turn around to him and say, you're going here, you want to go to Marseille, we don't care. You're going to this club. You're not helping yourself. If we want to make the Saliba situation work, we may have to be a little bit more open and willing to bend to his kind of priorities if we want to make this work. If we just keep forcing him into places that he doesn't want to be, he won't want to be here in the long term. And whilst, yes, I would have loved for him to have wanted to go to the Premier League, and yes, it is a concern to me that he didn't want to stay in the Premier League, you can't force a player to, to, to go somewhere because it's just going to it's just going to make this situation worse. So, yeah, that, that's how I feel about that situation. Uh, and so I wouldn't sign Cantwell from Norwich. Uh, he's not, not my cup of tea, is what I'd say. Uh, Insomniac says, uh, our midfield is non-existent with creative players. We had a Rosicki, Urza, Wilshere, Rambo, Kazola, and now we have Emil Smith-Rowe. Do we need more than two creative midfielders? I mean, we have Miss Smith-Rowe, as you say. If we bring in Madison, that's two. I think you would add Saka to that pile that could play there if you desperately needed him to. So that's three. Uh, coming through the ranks, do we have anyone really that's going to be a creative force? I mean, your Patinos, we don't, he's not really specialised yet, Patino. We don't know if he's going to be kind of your box-to-box, your deep-line playmaker, or your attacking midfielder. We don't really know what Patino is going to be. He still needs to specialise. Uh, Catalan Kurjan, the Romanian youngster, I like him a lot. I'm not sure if he's got a future at Arsenal. Um, Kido Taylor-Hart is, a, is another one that we've got to think about. It plays more in a wider area, but can play centrally. 
is there a future for any of those guys as a creative player? I don't, I'm not sure at Arsenal. We'll have to wait and see. But right now, it would be Smith Rowe and one other player and Saka as kind of a backup option. And you can play Pepe and Smith Rowe in wide areas or Pepe and Martinelli in wide areas um, and Saka kind of as, you, as your 10. So you could do that if you desperately needed to. So arguably, maybe we do need more than one this summer, but I don't think you'll see a sign more than one this summer. That's for sure. Uh, Olu says, why can't we play like ja uh, play Xhaka, Laconga and Partey? Uh, Liverpool won the league with three defensive midfielders in Milner, Vijnaldum and Henderson. I wouldn't call Vijnaldum a defensive midfielder at all. I would call him definitely a box-to-box. -box. Um, I mean, you look at what he does for the Netherlands. I wouldn't describe that as a defensive midfielder at all. But what I would say, Olu, is that your point still certainly stands in that you can play a 4-3-3 going into a Premier League season and look to challenge. However... When Liverpool have got the quality that they do in those wide areas, and I count their fullbacks in that as well, Arsenal don't really have that same level of quality to be able to play that system. And so, therefore, a 4-2-3-1 suits Arsenal much better because you then add the number 10, you add that extra man in the attacking third because, let's be real, we don't have a Trent Alexander-Arnold. Tierney we do have. I don't think we have a Sadio Mane on the top of his game or a Mohamed Salah at wide areas. We could do in the future if Saka and Pepe and Martinelli come good. But right now, we don't have anything on that level. And so that's why they could do it. And then they had Firmino as well as a, a great creative player in a central position. Didn't score buckets of goals because he had his wide players to do that. So I'm not sure. The 4-3-3 works for them because it's kind of a false 9-4-3-3. So, uh, so there you go. Lovely stuff. Um, Zach Stacy says, Hey Tom, we're just over a week to go until the Premier League season. Are you getting nervous about the lack of recruitment so far? With the FFP relaxed due to uh, the pandemic, this is the window uh, to push for our main targets. Am I concerned? Absolutely, I'm concerned. Am I worried or nervous? I'm always nervous out of a Premier League season, no matter if we signed all of our players. But it is concerning that we've got, we've not signed that centre midfielder. We've not signed that backup keeper. If we if we go through the summer, we don't sign a backup keeper and Leno gets injured, we are royally ruined. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Right back doesn't concern me too much because I like Chambers. And I think Chambers can do a job in the short term for us there. If we don't sign a, a James Madison or equivalent at 10, I, I, I love Neil Smith-Rowe. Do I think he can do it on his own? It's a big, big ask. But he probably... We'll be able to do a great job there. Um, is this the window for Arsenal to have gone for their main targets with FFP relaxed? Arguably, yes, it would have been, but we we aren't being invested in and we are still hamstrung by the effects of, of the pandemic. So it's, it's a really tough situation to say, yeah, we should have gone big, but we know that we never were going to do that because we don't. We, we we don't tend to spend over 150 million in a window. We won't do 200 million plus windows like we've seen Chelsea do or Everton do. Uh, we won't do that. We we don't do that. So it's yeah, it's it's going to be tricky. Um, but I'm concerned at this point. Uh, I'm still not worried or panicking, but I'm, I'm concerned. Is is how I would describe it. I won't be concerned until transfer deadline. I won't be kind of like panicking until transfer deadline day, and we've not done the business we need to. That's that's when I'll panic. I'll be like three games into the season and I'll be panicking when we're at transfer deadline day and we've still not signed a backup keeper or a right back or a centimetre or an attacking midfielder. That's when I'm going to panic. So right now, I'm still fairly chill. I'm still fairly chill about the situation. Um, Leno and a backup keeper for £40 million. Um, 
I mean, a backup keeper for forty million pounds it, it makes no sense. Ramsdale sounds like twenty six uh, Abdul, so I still don't think that's too much. So I think I'd, I'd spend fifteen mil max on a backup keeper. That's that's the most I would spend. Uh, no, I don't, SJ. I don't think they'll go for uh, Onana. I don't think they will. I think they are still very much looking for a homegrown keeper this window. But things change, and maybe that will change. Uh, Manu says, on a positive note, what do you think about the academy offering loads of talent a pro contract? Amazing. It's great. The fact that we're able to keep all this talent, Balogun, Kido Taylor, Hart, Conquo. Amazing. Keep it happening. Keep it going. Keep it doing. Um, there isn't a delay on signing Onana Smokey. Well, we, we, we aren't signing him at the moment. Like, there, is, there is nothing on that. There's no news that Arsenal are signing him. I mean, Leon looked like the most likely team to sign him. So uh, there's, there's no delay. There's no anything. There's nothing on Onana. Olu uh, says, what is the mindset of this team going into the start of the season, judging from the preseason? Mindset is everything. I think the, I think the camp's pretty positive. Partey's injury won't have helped things, but I think the camp's pretty positive. I think they're pretty happy about how things are, are being prepped. Yes, we've had a couple of poor results, but I thought the Chelsea game was a good run out. We we shouldn't have lost that game because it should have been 2-2. But I think it'd be good. I think the Spurs game, I hate playing against Premier League teams in pre-season. I think it's a silly idea. It's a really silly idea. But obviously this is for a good cause, this, this tournament. In the context of playing a Premier League team and the concept of it, I don't like it especially when you're going to play Chelsea in like a few days' time. That doesn't make too much sense to do that. Um, but we'll see how they are against Spurs. It's not an indicator, really. We'll see how good they are against Brentford. That's the best indicator for us to see how Arsenal are. But yeah, I'm I'm fairly happy about the mindset of the team. I think it's in the right place, and I think they're, they're ready for the new season. Um, what do we think of the future of Maitland-Niles? I feel like he's going to stay, uh, Mayor. I feel like Maitland-Niles will stay at Arsenal this season. That's that's where I'm kind of leaning towards right now. Uh, Jashar says, Morning, Tom. Is Aziz signed up to a long contract? I don't think so. Uh, I can check that for you. Uh, let's have a look and see when his contract runs out. His contract expires. Uh, oh, this is weird. It says his contract expires this year, uh, or it expired in this this year. So I don't know when his last contract was, and I don't know when he signed one up to. Um, let me see if I can see anything on this. Uh, oh, it expires next year, it says on here. Uh, I don't know how up-to-date this thing is, but apparently it expires next year. So they are going to have to sort that out, clearly. Um, wow, that's... So he, he had an ex, a year extension in 2020. That's a weird situation. I don't know how much how much truth there is in this article I'm reading. But if he's got a year left, Arsenal need to and Arsenal need to sort that out. Definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah. I mean, I'm reading another article that says Arsenal's to do this stretches in very long certainties, and it certainly does. Uh, Aziz has less than six months left to run on his contract. Having been the club from the age of five. Um, I assume they may have extended it for a single year, but I've not seen anything on a, on a big extension, Jasha. So I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I hope they've, excited, they've signed him up to a, a long one. Um, but according to Transfer Marts, it's already finished. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see. You'd think that they've signed him up to one, but we I've heard nothing on that one. That's, we know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Anyway, we have gone over our, uh, our limits. So thank you so much, guys, for... Uh, for tuning in and uh, I won't be doing another show for you today because I say I'm at a wedding today. Um, there'll be another show for you at 8am tomorrow morning. 
I may be a little bit painful and sensitive, um, but we'll do one tomorrow morning. As I say, I'm at a wedding, so we'll see how it goes. I'm not that keen on, you know, yeah, I hate him. I hate him. So, you know, I'm probably going to chill. It's going to be a chill one for me, and I'll uh, get up early to do the 8 a.m. show tomorrow morning for you guys. So uh, I look forward to providing you with that. And, uh, and yeah, then we'll have some interesting uh, shows coming up for you guys in the week ahead of the new season. The preview show will be back next week, which I'm looking forward to bringing our members on to talk about Brentford. Uh, I don't know the schedule yet. I'm still waiting for my schedule uh, working with Reach and with Football London. So as soon as I've got that, uh, then I'll be able to tell you guys when shows will be. But there won't be – the 8 a.m. shows may stop. There, I have to be very open and honest about that. The 8 a.m. shows could change when they are. I will still plan on trying to do a daily transfer show, but it may be later in the evening some days. It may still be at 8 a.m. It depends on when I start work and days I'm, I'm in work. So with this new job, everything is up in the air. I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to have to wait and see. But the TG, TGT is going absolutely nowhere. So the channel will still go on. The channels are very much continuing. So... Uh, there just may be changes of scheduling. So we'll just have to keep you up to date on that. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys, to speak to you as always. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8am. And uh, have a fantastic weekend to the Friday. And I'll uh, see you soon. And as always, of course, up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.